0: Mobile business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all trading lores. We move into the final hour of trading. For the month of May, stocks are lower right now with the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ declining S&Ps down almost 5 at 24.08, a drop there of two-tenths of 1%. This update is brought to you by BNY Mellon Pershing's Insight 2017, the must-attend event for advisors, two weeks away, June 14th through the 16th in San Diego. If you haven't registered, you still can. Visit Pershing Insight. Dot .com Stocks are falling as a Decline in trading revenue at J.P. Morgan Chase sends bank shares lower. J.P. Morgan Chase shares down now by two point six percent. Federal Reserve says the U.S. economy continued to grow modestly or moderately in nearly all regions in recent weeks, though new signs appear that optimism has waned in some districts. That's according to the Fed's beige book report. As for the larger economic backdrop, Robert Kaplan is the president of the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas and Bloomberg Television. And radio spoke with him this morning ahead of the Beige Book Report.
1: Businesses are more optimistic for several reasons, but ultimately everyone is watching the consumer. The consumer is the primary driver of GDP growth. Increased business investment, though, helps, and businesses right now are optimistic. Do they see it? it the, the disconnect right now is while they're more optimistic, then when you ask a business leader, do you see improvement in your business? Oftentimes the answer is not yet, but we're expecting it.
0: Oil is falling amid doubts that prolonged cuts by OPEC and its allies will succeed in clearing a surplus, while U.S. output remains so resilient. West Texas Intermediate crude oil down three percent now to forty-eight dollars fifteen cents a barrel. Gold up eight sixty to twelve seventy, a gain of seven tenths of one percent. The tenure up three thirty seconds. The yield there two point two zero percent. Recapping equities lower. S and P down four, a drop of two tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash.
1: Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. Well, Bloomberg Markets is brought to you by National Realty Managers of New York City Cashflow Real Estate, providing you 10 to 16 percent annualized returns with immediate monthly distributions. See them at nria.net. It sure does sound like nice, Springsteen, isn't it Springsteen? It's gotta be if it's Dave Wilson with his chart of the day. Close,
2: but not quite. Really? What? It's little Steven,
1: little Steven, all on his own.
2: Steve Van Zandt, absolutely. He's all grown he's got up a, now. He's got a new solo album out called Soul Fire. It uh, has his own versions of a lot of songs he wrote for other artists. That's one of them. I'm coming back, originally done for Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes, and that recording was from last weekend at the Count Basie Theater in Red Bank, New Jersey. And you know who showed up during the encores, don't you?
1: I can only Tony Soprano. Yes.
2: Right, Bruce. <laughs> it'd be kind of hard for Tony to show up since Daniel Feeney has passed on. But Bruce Springsteen I. I. indeed was there during the encore. So Anyhow. there is a
1: great band in uh, in uh, Rochester, New York, uh, in Fairport, New York, indeed known as North Side Johnny, which I commend to our listeners.
3: The question is to follow up on that. To save myself, is Tony Soprano the character still alive? I don't know. That's up for debate.
2: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what's not up for debate. Apple. Apple has shed the curse of the Dow. And, you know, in a sense, it's coming back. Uh, and that's why I figured the song was particularly appropriate. And you look back to March 2015, when Apple joined the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And for most of the time, uh, the stock has actually trailed uh, the 30-share benchmark. So what's interesting is that this month, you saw a reversal, that Apple has now risen more than the Dow. In fact, it's done so well this year that it accounts for, as of yesterday, 267 points of the Dow's gain, and that works out to 21% of the total, more than any other stock in the Dow. Uh, So it's quite a a rebound. And you know who brought up the curse of the Dow? I mean, an interesting sort of, uh, you know, relationship here. Um, Nicholas Colas, who uh, is actually having his last day as the uh, ch- uh, Chief Market Strategist at ConvergeX Group, Cowan is buying his firm, and mm. uh, he's leaving as a result of that. You know, it's funny to have this uh, work out this way, because I also... Uh,
3: Dave, breaking some uh, people news
2: for us. Well, a few months back, I, I did the last uh, report, had uh, a chart out from Gina Martin-Adams when she was at Wells Fargo. Of course, now she's here at Bloomberg Intelligence. I don't know what that means. But I do know... Uh, what Apple's Only the Dave Wilson
1: curse to me, but go no, on. I...
2: <laughs> I do know what Apple's performance means. It is now giving the Dow a lift rather than uh weighing on its performance. David. So it's broken the curse. Anyway, if you want to know more folks, send me an email. I'll get you the chart, the explanation that goes with it, and everything I do going forward, the email address is d Wilson at Bloomberg dot net. That's D Wilson at Bloomberg dot net. Dave just to reiterate, the curse of the Dow is that when you join the Dow, your stock stinks, right? Generally, because let's face it, you know, what does it take for a company to get into a 30 stock average? You need a lot of history, mm-hmm. a lot of performance to go with that. Hard to keep and that up. Hard to keep that up, especially when the company gets big enough that, you know, if you're going to have a cross section of the economy, which is what the, the Dow, at least in theory, is uh, supposed to represent, uh, that, that it really belongs within that average.
1: All right, well, let's uh let's let's uh, expound on that a little bit. Uh, Yelena Schle have uh, joined us right now. And Yelena, I wonder um you know we talk about the sort of the, how big companies grow and the changes of big companies and I, and I look at the change in in retail from what we saw in the beige book and and the beige book suggesting that consumer spending is slow, which goes a little bit against the narrative that consumer s- spending has shifted from those old big companies well
4: I think and the, all, I'm gone online right consumer spending is shifting, and I think uh it's 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 in the broader sense it is shifting from say auto sales into other sectors, so this is kind of what we are witnessing right now um w- previously in this cycle uh the strength in consumer spending was at least partially driven by strength in auto sales now we see that uh is um Slowing, and uh, we could see some strength in other sectors of consumer spending, particularly in services and maybe some housing-related consumer spending.
3: Uh, When you look at some of the economic numbers this morning, we won't uh, dabble too far into the Chicago PMI because things got a little weird there. Um, But there has been so much made about the hard versus soft data. I saw another chart today from from a, a source that was looking at the stock market relative to the two, and basically the point being that, look, nothing's really changed in the Break that's happened between the soft data and the hard data. Uh, do you continue to see that, or, or are we seeing some of the soft data start to get even softer?
4: Yeah, soft data is uh, starting to get a little bit softer. That is, that seems to be the case. But at the same time, the hard data are not doing that bad. Uh, yeah. Actually, uh, I think um, you know we we should continue to see uh, hard data coming out in, and be uh, consistent with the story of a second quarter rebound in economic activity. I think that still holds. So uh, net net, weak uh, Q1, uh, stronger Q2 will continue to paint the same modest, moderate picture that was reflected in the beige book.
3: Today. Corey, if I could ask a quick follow-up to Yelena Elena, because I like to look at the economic surprise index, and it has started to fall off a little bit. It's still in positive territory, but it was in negative territory for the past year leading up to the election. If the election can't save us and that, all that speculation can't keep us in positive territory, what happens when things start disappointing?
4: I think uh election played a big role so far in the soft data, but uh, the hard data and again, I would like to stress that uh have been coming in uh relatively steady and consistent with modest tomorrow growth that we have been witnessing right now yeah. so and this I think will continue to improve and not just because of some uh promises that will or will not be. Fulfilled, but just because we are seeing wage growth and we are starting to see wage pressures, this was one of the most important things that uh, was featured in this beige book. Uh, you know, companies are starting to offer higher wages to uh, people to retain workforce. So this will be a game changer this year, we think, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that will uh, filter into uh, stronger income growth and stronger spending down mm-hmm. the road.
1: That's dramatic. That's uh, that's. I mean, that's the thing we've kind of been waiting to see. And, and you say we're seeing it. We're finally seeing it here.
4: Yeah, uh, at least in the anecdotal evidence, we probably won't see that in the le- next uh, payrolls report. Uh, but we'll definitely uh, see that uh, this year. We think.
3: All right. Well, we didn't get back to Dave Wilson, but everybody's got his email address. Dave Wilson, stock setter, and Elena Shulitieva, senior U.S. economist. Thanks so much, guys.
1: To Nathan Hager right now and a look at some national and uh, world news headlines in our One studios in Washington, D.C.
5: FBI Director James Comey has reportedly agreed to testify before the Senate Intelligence Committee next week. CNN was first to report this. The Wall Street Journal says it could happen as early as a week from tomorrow. In the meantime, Comey has been meeting privately with Special Counsel Robert Mueller to make sure whatever testimony he gives doesn't step on his investigation into Russian election interference. Originally,
3: Comey was going to uh, uh,
5: testify uh, you know, as early as possible and that was put on hold as Comey negotiated with Mueller in terms of what he would be able to say and now apparently the the agreement has been reached where Comey will will testify Since Bloomberg National Security reporter Chris Strom. still no final decision from President Trump on whether to stay in the Paris climate agreement. White House spokesman Sean Spicer says the president 's listened to a lot of people. And we'll make an announcement in the next few days. Some of those people reportedly cl- include some top corporate executives. Tesla's Elon Musk tweeted today that he would quit the president's advisory councils if Trump quits the Paris Accord. Apple CEO Tim Cook reportedly called the president yesterday to urge him to stay in. And Andrew Liveris of Dow Chemical was the driving force behind a letter from 30 corporate executives backing the Paris deal. The New York Times is getting rid of its public editor. It's a position that was created more than a decade ago after the Jason Blair plagiarism scandal Now the paper is creating a reader center to allow for more commenting on stories. And the gray lady also announced a new round of newsroom buyouts today, mostly aimed at editors as it seeks to hire more reporters. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries.